Well, it's great to get together today, and uh, I thank you for the honor of being able to uh, preach the message. Uh, when uh, Reuben gave me uh, an opportunity and asked me to, to speak, I asked, well, what can I speak on? And so he said, whatever's on your heart. So I said, well, you know, it could be a long night because there's a lot that's on my heart here. So, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I know, uh, I know the daylight savings time could probably throw a lot of you off. But, you know, in my book, though, it's still 4.30 in your body clock. So that means I got another hour to preach. So, uh, in fact, that's what the clock says in the back. So I'll, I'll promise you I'll be out by 7 o'clock in the clock back there. Um, but, you know, regardless, um, you know, since we don't have the singles ministry with us today, you're going to have to step it up in the audience today. Um, you know, today my, uh, my parents are in town, my parents and my uh, sister and my cousin and, and her uh, husband. And so, uh, you know, the last time my mom was in town, I was preaching as well. So she said she thought it was a setup that every time she's in town that, um, that I end up preaching. So. Um, but anyway, you know, what was really on my heart today was to talk about decisions. You know, decisions. You know, the decisions we make in life are important. You know, they can lead to two different paths. You know, what we decide could totally alter our lives. You know, some, some decisions like who we marry. You know, what career path we go on affect our whole lives. You know, some of you are probably thinking, well, that's, that's the problem, you know, uh, thinking about your spouses. But, uh, but you know, you know the, uh, there's a quote that says 80% of your life's happiness is determined by who you decide to marry. But, you know, the, more than that, though, is that before you look at your spouse and say that, you know, that that's the problem, you know, I believe it's the decisions you make about your marriage that determine your happiness. You know, so some decisions affect you your whole lives. You know, some decisions like whether or not to become a Christian affect eternity. So decisions are important. You know, whether, you, whether or not you become or stay a Christian. Um, you know, that we've got this, uh, you think I don't have a clicker, but we actually have this advanced 3D scanner that every time I do this, it, it automatically clicks to the next slide. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we just have it all in the church here. So, um, But uh, you, you look at this quote, and I, I was trying to find a profound philosopher, but uh, all I got was Tony Robbins. So, uh, but, you know, but they're good quotes. You know, it says, it's in, the, it's in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. You know, um, so our lives are the sum total of our decisions. You know, some decisions may not seem important, you know, like what you're going to have for dinner tonight. You know, although for some of you, that may be the only thing you're thinking about. You know, that's all that's the most important decision. But, you know, but, so you know, so some things may not be important, but, you know, what you decide to have for dinner, you know, what you decide to have in your diet may affect diabetes or, or heart risk and may still cumulatively affect your lives. So you, you may think that every, uh, some decisions are little, but the cumulative effect of decisions also have a big impact on your lives. You know, and you're making decisions whether you want to or not. Even not making a decision is making a decision not to. You know, so decisions. Um, 
you know, remember, a real decision is measured by the fact that you've taken new action. If there's no action, you, tru- you, you haven't truly decided. You know, so your decision, you know, your decisions, whether or not you, you know, uh, whether or not you're taking action is really a mark of whether or not you've truly made a decision. But what I want to talk about tonight is that, you know, even the fact that you've made a decision doesn't mean you're still making them. You're still living by them. You know, repentance is a decision, but to stay repentant is a countless number of decisions. You know, decisions are a continual process. You know, we need to constantly, you know, I mean, just like when we're driving. You know, you, you don't just drive from one direction to, the, you know, one destination to the other. You're constantly making decisions. You're, you've got hundreds, if not thousands, of decisions to make along the way. And that's the way it is in our lives. Um, you know, dis, you know, you know, this, you know, one big decision you know, I made in my life is who I married. You know, it's funny. It's like every time we had this in our house, people would go by and say, hey, you, you haven't changed a bit. And then uh, now every time he goes by and looks at it and says, wow, you look so different now. And so I, but, uh, you know, but deciding, you know, deciding to marry, you know, who I married was a big decision. You know, I mean, because she was going to be the partner of my life. You know, for me, the decision was easy. It was a no-brainer. You know, for her, it was, you know, it was carrying the cross, deciding to deny herself. You know, but, uh, but you know, in the end, she uh, repented and, uh, you know, and saw the light. So, amen. But, you know, just because I made that decision and, I dis- and picked that, you know, who I wanted to marry, doesn't mean that that's the decision I made for the rest of my life. You know, because along the way in marriage, you've got to constantly make decisions. You know, early in our marriage, we, you know, you know, coming together, never having lived with the opposite sex before, you know, having, you know, uh, not knowing what, you know, each other's characters are. You know, you, you struggle when you're, when, you're, when you're young married. You know, we struggled through different things. We didn't, you know, we, 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 we tried to get to know each other and, you know, and we had some good, you know, strong spiritual struggles. And so, you know, there was even, you know, even thoughts crossed our minds like, okay, well, did we, did we actually pick the right person? Did we make a wrong choice? You know, and it was that moment, though, we had to make a decision. You know, we had to make a decision. Well, are we going to leave a back door open or are we going to close that back door? Are we going to decide we're going to stick through this through thick or thin? You know, and we made those decisions, we overcame those early struggles, and, and we kept growing. But even then, you know, it's like, you know, even when our marriage was going great, you know, it's like, you know, it, there was a point where we thought, okay, well, we're doing great spiritually, we're, we're enjoying our marriage, but we've got to, you know, we've just felt like we've got to take that step forward. You know, we needed to make another decision. You know, we made a decision that, you know, we've been trying to pray together for a long time. We haven't, you know, we've been, it's been hit and miss. We've got to decide once and for all, you know, we're just going to pray together and just pray together every single day. And so we made that decision. And, and you know, that's really changed our marriage quite a bit, you know, and, and helped it to grow is, is praying together. You know, still we had to make more decisions. As we, as we felt our marriage was growing, you know, we, we took this marriage dynamics class and we, we learned the concept of recreational companionship. You know, and it was basically, 
you know, yeah, we like to do things. I like to watch sports. Anna likes to do, you know, read and, 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 and work out, things like that. And, and, but they weren't the same thing, you know, which is okay. But then, but it really talked about the more we do together, the more we, the more we can just mesh our lives more together, closer we'll become. And so we started figuring out things that we could do together, you know, that we enjoyed, you know, like playing spades. Like, uh, like we started picking up running. You know, and so that, so then Anne and I just started running a lot together and, and, and allowed us to spend time together. That drew us closer. But you see, along the way, it's those many decisions that determine where you're at in life now. Those are the decisions that determine where we are, where we were at in our marriage. You know, and, and you know, had we not made those decisions, you know, our, our marriage could be totally the opposite direction. You know, because I, I know, and, and the sad thing is that, you know, our marriages could go the opposite direction and we'd just blame it on the choice. That we just chose the right, wrong person. You know, but instead we made the right decisions. And then now, you know, now we can look back and say, man, this is the most incredible marriage I could ever dream of. And that how absolutely could have not envisioned us being together. You know, it's those decisions in life that are important. You know, I mean, you know, there's a, there's a million decisions that I could talk about, more than I could talk about in one sermon, but, you know, but we're just going to talk about three decisions that I really want to think about. You know, three decisions that you may have already made already, but are you still making those decisions? So number one is to decide to be helpful, not to be critical. You know, if we made the, the decision to follow God, we decided that we would do whatever it takes to build up God's church and not to hurt it, right? You know, so let's look at a couple of scriptures that, to frame our thoughts. In uh, Matthew twelve thirty, it says, Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not scatter with, or gather with me scatters. You know, so basically, you know, is everything you do helpful to God? You know, we're either doing things for God or against God. Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful to building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You know, is everything we say helpful to others, you know, or hurtful? You know, um, you know and let's turn to the next slide. You know, but here's the problem. You know, we're becoming a society where it's so easy to criticize others. You know, isn't that true? It's, 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 it's easy to find problems. It's, easy, it's, easy, it's harder to be part of the solution. You know, it's e- easy nowadays to criticize. We can text. We can Facebook. We can tweet. We can, you know, we can post. We can do all these things. And, and the thing is, is that we can say things about each other and not, you know, not worry about uh, what we say. You know, we can say things and not even edit what we say before we say them. It's so quick and easy. You know, even, even college professors are lamenting nowadays that, you know, because of twat, uh, tweeting and texting and everything like that, that, that uh, people are just uh, poor in grammar by the time they, uh, they get to college. You know, because they don't learn how to edit what they say before they say it. And so, you know, think about that. If, if that, we're having that pr- problem communicating... You know, think about all the, the times 
we, we say attitudes or, or critical thoughts and we say them quickly and not edit what we, you know, not edit them before we get them out. You know, that's where we're at in society today is that it's so easy uh, to, to, to be critical. In fact, let's look at this uh, video here. I think it's an outrage. I think it's insane. Joan Rivers expressing shock at the verdict that South Korea will be hosting the 2018 Winter Olympics. Unless she's talking about something else. What do you think of this whole Casey Anthony thing? I think it's an outrage. I think it's insane. And I think it has given Melissa such a free card to kill me now. And I'm very nervous. Yes, the Casey Anthony not guilty verdict has the country inflamed. Right, Nancy Grace? Somewhere out there, the devil is dancing tonight. We're with you, Nancy! I just went on my Twitter account today. I, I just, I, I unloaded a Nancy Grace. I think she's an idiot. Okay, we're not all with you. We call Mr. Levin to the stand. Nancy Grace, the devil is dancing tonight. Ugh. If she did on the street corner, which she says on her show, they'd put her on a 5150. Just a leap here, but you disagree with Nancy, don't you? The prosecution did what it did, and the, and the jury appropriately, maybe, said, I have a reasonable doubt, and that's enough to say not guilty. That's the way the system works. But apparently, the way TV works is to make self-righteous inflammatory comments. The day that it is unethical to care about the murder of a two-year-old little girl is the day that I, too, will retire and rue the justice system. Preachy much? What is it with former lawyers turned TV hosts? They roll out the circus act, you know, and Nancy Grace is the elephant, the wild elephant. Thank you, P.T. Levitt. You know, isn't that true? That's what society is nowadays? You know, 20 years ago, you wouldn't, you, you know, you wouldn't have that type of thing on TV. It's, it's, it's basically nowadays, it's everybody f- figures out, you know, their opinions, their thoughts, and they, they just say their thoughts. You know, it's everybody's got a judgment to make, you know, that this is the right thing to say. That's the wrong thing to say, you know, and, and even, you know, even, even in that video, you've got all these differing opinions like, well, that's, that, that was wrong. Well, no, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. And, and, and see, that could, you know, that could permeate in our character. In this church, you know, that we could easily, you know, slip into uh, someone that's easy to be critical and not helpful. You know, here's another thing that we, we, we can look at is, is uh, saying is to decide to be a helper, not a yelper. Well, you know, what's a yelper? You know, a yelper is when you're rating things and you're not part of the solution. You know, you can think about... You know, you could think today, well, today, well, you know, the singing was four stars. You know, that was great. But the sermon, you know, I, I'd give that a one star. You know, you know, he was too challenging or too boring. You know, it's like there, was, there, there wasn't enough entertainment. You know, it's like, you know, or, or you may be thinking, well, you know, you know if, if it's three stars and above, then I'll start taking notes. You know, if, 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 if it's four stars, then I, the singing is four stars, then I'll start singing. You know, how much are you actually participating and helping versus rating? You know, are you a helper or are you a yelper? You know, we need more of us, we and us. You know, not them, not the church. You know, how much are we willing to be a part of the solution and not just, uh, and, and not just sitting back and just rating things? 
you know, uh, Teddy Roosevelt had an incredible quote. It says, um, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or whether do- doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there's no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at, at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that, this, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who never know victory nor defeat. You know, that's the heart that we need to have is that, you know, it's, we've got to praise those that are stepping forward. You know, don't worry about if they fail. You know, don't worry about, you know, don't worry about uh, if we all have imperfections. You know, as long as you're in the arena, as long as you're in the battle, we've got to encourage each other and, and, and help each other. You know, we've got to be helpful, not critical. You know, um, in a, you know, Matthew 23, um, I'm not going to read that passage, but the whole chapter of Matthew 23 is, is talking about the Pharisees. You know, the Pharisees, and this is one example, is that, you know, the Pharisees are, they make up, they, they make up rules, right? They're making up rules that are, that are uh, you know, that are not in the scriptures, but they're determining what's right and what's wrong. And so, you know, one thing is that we could easily become modern-day Pharisees. You know, um, let's uh, look at that next slide there. Um, You know, we could easily decide, you know, we could easily become modern-day Pharisees, you know, where we decide what's right and what's wrong. You know, whether or not you're doing this, you know, the the way I really want you to or not. And, And we've got to guard ourselves against that kind of heart. You know, we've got to decide to be helpful and not critical. You know, the decisions we we make will lead to a church full of Pharisees or a church full of love. You know, so let's be helpful, not critical. You know, the second thing I want us to think about today is to decide to cut off sin and not to harbor it. You know, isn't that the decision we made as Christians? You know, that was one of the first things we had to decide is whether or not we were going to repent, whether or not we were going to change our life whether or not we were going to make that U-turn and live life a different way. You know, if you look at uh, some of the scriptures that we, we, we read in Matthew 5, it says, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of the, your body than for the whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. And in Ephesians 5.3, But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. You know, this is, these are scriptures that we read at, you know, when we made that decision to repent. And, and those, are, those are scriptures that really guided us, you know, that to, to have that attitude that, you know, whatever it takes prevent us from sin, that we would do it. You know, and, and Jesus, you know, Jesus used those words to really wake people up, right? You know, if your hand causes you to sin, you know, I, I mean, 
cut it off. You know, that's, that's the kind of heart and attitude. I mean, basically, it's, it's just the heart that whatever it takes, you know, we're going to steer clear of sin. That if there's not a hint, what, whatever it takes, we're not even going to allow a little bit of sin in our lives. You know, to not allow anything to creep into our lives. Not a hint of it. You know, but um, what path are we on today in this decision? You know, if you look at this, uh, this road, this, this road it's, it's basically, you know, what kind of path are we on? Are we, are we deciding to, to cut ourselves away from sin? Are we heading towards stormy waters? You know, I think too many of us, what we do is, is we decide, okay, well, yeah, I made that decision, but then we start, we start swaying to that, toward that right side, thinking, okay, well... You know, if I just get a little close to that storm, you know, I, I just want to take a look at the storm. I just want to get on the border of it, you know, and, and when I get over to, you know, and I, and I start to feel some of the waves, you know, when I, when it's, you know, when it starts becoming a little dangerous, then I'm going to turn around. I'll, I'll pull myself out of it. You know, that's, you know, that's the attitude we've slipped back into. You know, we, we cannot allow ourselves to play with fire. You know, that we, you know, too many of us are heading towards stormy seas. You know, integrity. You know, we made that decision to be integrable. You know, how many times are we, are we allowing ourselves to let those little white lies slip in? You know, justifying it. You know, heading out towards stormy seas. You know, where one lie, you know, one little white lie begets another white lie, you know, and it becomes more and more, you, or you hide something, you know, and, and then it becomes even harder to hide it, so you have to tell a bigger lie. You know, are you heading towards stormy seas? Purity. You know, for those dating couples out there, you know, how pure is your dating? You know, are, are you... Are you, are you figuring, okay, well, I can handle it. You know, I, I, you know I'm going to turn around. I'll steer, steer myself uh, clear in time. You know, and, and you start to, you, start to uh, um, you set boundaries for yourself that was great to, to, to keep yourselves pure, but then, but then you start staying up later to, uh, together. You start hanging out more and more, with, you know, where, where in more intimate situations. You know, you start heading out towards stormy seas and your, your purity. Or how about, uh, or how about flirting? You know, where where you're 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 just enjoying somebody else's company, and then you allow yourself to you allow yourself to compliment each other too much. You know, these are the blurred lines that we've got to make sure that we're holding the decisions we got to keep making. You know, the internet. You know, if if you've got a problem with the internet where it's a temptation, you know, are you allowing yourself? to head out on the border of stormy seas? You know, are you willing to cut it off and do whatever it takes? You know, uh, whatever it is, attitudes, not quickly forgiving people, not resolve, not fully resolving feelings with each other. Are we cutting that off or are we harboring it? You know, pride, justifying our pride, where we feel we're right and someone else is wrong and, and we don't work it out. You know, are, are, we, are we prideful or are we humble? You know, these are the, these are the decisions we got to make. 
you know, when you aren't decisive about cutting off sin, you know, to fully steer clear towards the right path, you know, you're deciding to harbor it. You know, when you don't decide to cut sin, you decide to harbor it. And so that's a decision we've got to go back to is to uh, is to cut off sin in our lives, to not harbor it. You know, and, and number three is decide to live for God, not yourself. I mean, you may be thinking that, well, you know, that's easy. I made that decision. I decided to live for God. You know, we, we, we you know, you may, you may be thinking, okay, well, you know, we've already said those words, Jesus is the Lord. And, um, you know, is it that easy of a decision? Uh, put that next slide. You know, is, we said the words, Jesus, Lord. You know, is it that easy of a decision? You know, we've got to remind ourselves, you know, what it truly means. You know, it's a decision that we've got to keep on making. You know, and, it, and if you haven't made a decision to be a true disciple or a Christian, you know, it's one decision you need to make. You know, but remember this, you know, remember that not deciding or putting it off is ultimately deciding not to become one. You know, um, but, uh, you know, we all said those words, right? Jesus is Lord. You know, and, and I just watched a, a clip from A Few Good Men today. So, you know, to paraphrase a scene from A Few Good Men, you know, you, I mean, that's a decision you made, right? Jesus is Lord. You know, that, uh, you, know, that you, you said Jesus is Lord. You know, I said, what's your good confession? You, you said Jesus is Lord. You know, if, if that isn't clear, you know, I could, re- I could have the court reporter read it back to you. You know, and, and basically that's, the, that's what we've got to understand. I guess uh, none, none of you are a few good men fans out there. So. But, but we do need to, ha- you know, we do need to think about that, don't we? You know, do we need to be reminded do we need to have that tape played back that we decide, you know, when we, we stood there and we said, Gee, you know, what's your confession? Jesus is Lord. You know, what, you know, are we still making that decision? You know, is Jesus still the Lord of your life? In your daily walk with God, you know, in, your, in, the, in those quiet moments of having that time with God, are you still walking together with God on a daily basis, reading the Word, praying? You know, how about your commitment to the body, you know, the church? You know, that's where you get strengthened. You know, are you still making Jesus the Lord and really making it, you know, to the fellowship? Or are you letting those decisions, you know, that decision slip away? You know, fellowship with other Christians. Are you really, are you really making Jesus the Lord and really getting that fellowship? You know, or how about you know we decided that our purpose in life is to make disciples. You know, we all we all read that scripture in Matthew 28. You know that you know the Great Commission is to make disciples of all nations. You know, and we took on that challenge. You know, but have our priorities changed? You know. Isn't that the decision we made to be a fisher of men, you know, to, 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 um, to save souls? You know, when I was a young Christian, I decided that whatever it took, you know, I was going to make disciples. You know, whether it, 
whether it meant giving up everything, you know, whether it meant, you know, if, if it meant going in the ministry, if it meant going in the mission field, if it, whatever it took, I was going to make this disciples. You know, I was going to help make Christians. That was going to be the mission in my life. You know, but we've always got to make that decision over and over again. And, you know, even recently, I had to make that decision again because, you know, I, I've been taking on this role of, of shepherding, which is, you know, it was awesome. You know, it's, it's spending a lot more time with Christians, strengthening them and so on. But, you know, I could easily hide behind that role where I figure, okay, well, I'm already doing a role that's, you know, I'm giving a lot of time to, to, to God, you know, and, and, and I, could easily, I could easily schedule myself out of making disciples, you know, and I realize that, you know, I can't allow myself to do that. I've got to always stay involved, whether it's getting involved with, you know, some of our youth ministry, whether it's getting involved with some of the studies that we have, you know, just getting involved, studying the Bible, reaching out to people. That's a decision that we've got to make. We can't let just, uh, you know, serving is not a substitute for saving souls. You know, it's great. I commend everybody for serving, but ultimately we made that decision to save souls. You know, um, you know, I understand why we drift. You know, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's so easy to make those decisions when we, you know, the less responsibility and the less, you know, um, the more um, that we have, the easier it is to make. You know, it, it was easy as a, as a young uh, campus student, you know, because when I graduated college and I left, you know, I left college, everything I had, you know, whether it was relation, you know, I mean, I didn't have a family, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a wife, I didn't have kids, so it was just me and the car. So it was basically me, the car, and everything I own in the back of a Honda Civic. So it's basically, you know, so for me to say, yeah, I'm going to do whatever it takes, that was an easy decision. But I can understand as, as life goes on, you know, you have wife, kids, and, and your t- life gets busier, whatever, whatever position, you know, your job, you know, whether you're single, you've got a career, whatever it is, I know it's tougher as life goes on. But, you know, also the stakes get higher the more you have responsibilities. And the more important it is to keep making those decisions that Jesus is going to be the Lord of your life. Um, you know, I, I'm really grateful for those that have made that, you know, made that decision. You know, one great example is Richard and Dana Granado. You know, they, uh, you know, they, I just remember, you know, many years ago, they actually, I remember looking at and, and, you know, seeing this conversation that they had about being a leader in God's church. And, uh, and, and Richard and Dana weren't in that position where they, they just didn't want to be a leader. They didn't want to be a, a part of things. But, you know, you look at their life now where they've turned around and they made that decision that they're going to give themselves over to God's church. And, and, and basically, you, can, you know, they're one of the busiest couples in, in, in the church now. You know, they're constantly getting together with people, strengthening different couples, uh, you know, raising up their kids. You know, whatever it takes, you know, they've made that decision to make Jesus Lord again. You know, and God is really blessing their lives. And so... You know, today, I really want us to think about the decisions we, we've made. You know, you see, our decisions determine a lot. They will ultimately determine the direction of our lives. Whether or not we keep from ruining our lives for, with sin, or whether we, have, 
whether or not we have great marriages, whether we raise our kids spiritually or watch them lose their faith, whether we build, build God's church or hurt it, whether we enjoy the fruits of the Spirit or are embittered by life, whether we ultimately make it to heaven or slowly drift from, away from God, what kind of decisions have you made? You know, what kind of decisions are you still making? Have you gone back on the decisions you've made? You know, have you started to become modern-day Pharisees? You know, imagine how much stronger um, your spiritual life will be like if you keep those spiritual decisions. You know, how your friendships, your marriages, and families would grow. Imagine what, your, what the church would be like if we all kept the decisions we made to build up the church. You know, what kind of decisions do you still need to make or remake? You know, make those decisions. Decide to live by them and decide to, to live, uh, to fully live for God. And so, uh, you know, we're going to close this lesson with communion. And, uh, you know, I, what I want you to remember is remember the decision that Jesus made for you to die on the cross for you. Remember, he kept on having to make that decision, to follow through with that decision through every temptation, every time the Pharisees challenged him through Gethsemane, through every blow, through every scourging, every second until the moment he died on the cross. And in return, remember to live by the decisions you've made uh, for God. Let's pray. God, we uh, stand here before you, Father, and I pray that uh, the message has prompted our hearts, Father, to think about our lives, to think about the decisions we make, to think about the direction we're headed, Father. And I pray, God, just that we will all really decide and, and, and re-decide to, to live for you, Father, to, uh, to really make sure that, God, just that, that um, we are giving ourselves wholly to you. But most of all, Father, we thank you for the fact that you decided. You decided to, to die for us. You decided to give us a salvation. And uh, we're so grateful for that, Father. We pray this in your Son's name. Amen.